0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of If You Smell What The Arch Is Cooking. I'm your host, Archie Mitchell, and this is episode 55, and we're going a little different this week, folks. Um, I've got to be honest with you. I know that this is a very busy week for myself, so I was not going to be able to watch NXT AEW both Dynamite and Rampage, in order to get in line with reviewing those shows on time. Um, And lately, wrestling has just been a blur to me. Uh, Whatever I've been watching, I've been trying to concentrate on. I want you guys to understand that. But there's been so much going on in the wrestling world that with the news that's going on, it kind of blurs the lines of what I'm watching because I'm thinking about the backstage stuff that's going on i'm thinking about the interior of what's going on so tonight's show will be a state of the wrestling business episode and what i mean by that is is i'm going to talk about each company and each show as a whole uh and tell you what i think's been going on tell you about what a few of the injuries that have happened and what i think it will do to hurt uh current storylines and future storylines, and really what's, you know, as a whole, what we've been seeing in the wrestling business and what that could do to the business down the road. Um, So I want to invite you to go ahead and pop open your favorite frosty beverage and strap in, join me on this ride as I spew my venom, my hate, and my love for the world of professional wrestling. Now, over the last few weeks, both shows, AEW, Dynamite, uh, AEW, WWE, have put on some pay-per-views. We've also seen pay-per-views from Impact Wrestling. And we've seen a couple of big shows from the NWA as well. Um, as far as pay-per-views go, they've been actually really good. You look at AEW Double or Nothing. And from the beginning of the show to the main event, there were some special moments. There were some title changes. There was a lot of great action. Even if you discount the women's match between Jade Cargill and Anna Jay and saying it was not their best work. Even if you discount uh, the anarchy in the arena because that wasn't actually a match and it was just a bloodbath. The rest of the pay-per-view as a whole had some quality matches on it. Kyle O'Reilly and Darby Allin, Adam Page and CM Punk, albeit a little sloppy. Um, And everything else that we saw on that pay-per-view, which I just reviewed last week, was great. I gave it a five. I don't know how you see it, but I do know I felt it was a five. You look at WWE, Hell in a Cell, the women's match between Becky Lynch, Asuka, And Bianca Belair was fantastic. They gave those women 30 minutes in an opening match. They did fantastic. Uh, You look at the main event with Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins, an incredible hell-in-the-cell match. They didn't get out of the cell. They didn't fall off the top of it or through it. But they definitely beat each other down. And with Cody Rhodes injured Peck, um, it was sort of a sight to be seen to see that man wrestling the way that he was. And the rest of the card, up and down, was as solid as they come. A couple of matches, such as Madcap Moss and uh, Baron Corbin, could have been left for SmackDown, and we could have gotten Ricochet versus Walter, because I will not call him anything else. Should have been on the card. You know what I mean? The Usos should have been wrestling with the tag team titles on the line. Where was Roman Reigns? Obviously taking a little bit of time off, but you know what? Roman has been champion for over 500 days. Roman has been putting in the work, so he took off a pay-per-view. No big deal. Let the big dog big dog heal. Pay-per-view was still good. You look at Impact's Slammiversary and all the shows that they've had. They've been delivering. They brought back Sammy Callahan. They've been delivering in the world title area with, uh, you know, Moose and Josh Alexander and so many others. It sucks that they're using, they're losing W. Morrissey, uh, as he has done with his contract. It sucks that they lost Willie Mack. You know, they lost a lot of key performers there. Bronson Reed, who is known as Jonah, isn't going to be wrestling for them full time. It really does suck that whenever they start to get a good roster together, bring in some new faces, they really don't have the money to retain this talent for a long period of time. But Impact Wrestling is doing an incredible job. NXT, although a part of the WWE, is still NXT 2.0. And we do review it on its own here on If You Smell What The Arch Is Cooking. And In Your House was pretty damn good. It was as close to perfection, just like AEW Double or Nothing, uh, in that I can say that Braun Breaker and Joe Gacy as the main event was fantastic. Mandy Rose versus Wendy Chu, although had a bit of comedy in it, was still a great match. Gigi Dolan and uh, J.C. Jane taking on Carter and uh, Katana was a really good match on the Gigi Dolan, uh, J.C. Jane area. Of course, with Carter and Katana, I call them team botch, but they have stepped it up a little bit. Uh, Carmelo Hayes and Cameron Grimes stole the damn show. You can't beat that. You can't top that. I don't care what you say. And the tag team division with Pretty Deadly and the Creed Bros, that tag match, that should put everybody else in the division on notice. Yeah, you know. Uh, And then you look at the NWA. They've had incredible shows. Uh, They've been doing all they can with the airtime that they have on Fight and on YouTube. I have no complaints about the NWA. I think Matt Cardona has been a fine champion. I think that it's time to either give the belt back to Nick Aldis or make a new world heavyweight champion, but we'll get to that in a bit. Um, And I think that the NWA is firing on all cylinders again, although they had their uh, roster pretty much reamed over by AEW and Impact. They're still doing great. They've still got the national treasure. They're still bringing in talent from other companies. They can't be doing any better than they already are, you know. On the grounds of injuries, uh, over this last week, we have found out that Cody Rhodes has a torn pectoral muscle, came off the bone. He will be out for around six months. CM Punk hurt his knee and foot during AEW Double or Nothing and Dynamite um, and will need surgery and possibly be out for at least two to three months, if not longer. Uh, Brian Danielson was also injured, and um, there is no timetable yet on if he's going to go for surgery or be out or try and grin and bear it. But in any indication, he is injured, so it's probably going to be a little while before we see Brian Danielson wrestling full-time again. Matt Cordona has a uh, bruise up, I believe it's shoulder, um, and I'm not sure yet. They have yet to say if he is even going to be at the next NWA pay-per-view to defend the World Heavyweight title against Nick Nick Aldis, or if he's just going to relinquish the belt, or if they're going to find a suitable replacement. But in any indication, the world of professional wrestling is hurting, and it's hurting for stars because these are main eventers that I just named to you a couple of them world heavyweight champions, some of them contenders, some of them people who have been carrying shows on their back for the last couple of months. So with these injuries, as well as many others, uh, Roman Reigns, as I said, being off for a little while, uh, guys, uh, you know, disappearing from TV, it's making the companies hurt when they need their stars the most. So what did they do? Well, in the case of Monday Night Raw, They separated Edge from uh, Judgment Day. Finn Balor is now the new leader, or maybe Damian Priest is, or maybe it's Rhea Ripley. But Edge was taken out of the group, and that could mean that Edge is now the top babyface in the company. He probably will be feuding with Judgment Day for a little while, but that may be so that Roman can come back to a full-time schedule, and Edge and he can have a proper feud uh in the uh, regards of smackdown uh it really seems like they're trying to push matt riddle on both shows but making him a um driving force so if they want to make a new star matt riddle definitely deserves it in my opinion people say he's a garbage human being people say that he's done bad things to people in the past and he doesn't deserve to su- the success that he's had well Separate him from his outside persona because that's the real him. And just think about the wrestler. Matt Riddle has been doing incredible things uh for the last year in the WWE. So, you know, if we're gonna talk about people about their outside of the ring persona, well then Randy Orton is a garbage human being. And so is uh you know, so are guys like uh Miz and many others. You know what I mean? The only great guy outside of wrestling that we ever hear about is John Cena. And Apparently, on June 27th, if I read it correctly, last night during Monday Night Raw, um, John Cena will be back in Laredo, Texas for the 20 years of John Cena celebration. Seems like a long time that since John debuted. I remember it like it was yesterday, seeing him on SmackDown and answering the Kurt Angle challenge, saying that it was ruthless aggression that brought him out there, and him almost beating Kurt on his first night. Uh, so John Cena will be back uh, in on Monday Night Raw, possibly looking to feud with Austin Theory or maybe going after the big dog again. Who knows? But it'll be good to see John Cena back. But back to my original point, if we're going to judge people about what they do outside of the ring and when they're not on camera, then by all means, then you need to judge every wrestler that's ever been alive. And that isn't fair to do. We watch these people on television uh, like actors and actresses like uh, basketball players and football players and baseball players. So um, if there are heroes because they're on television, then maybe we need to stop poking fun at them or uh, judging them for, because they got a divorce or because they cheated or, you know, it's none of our business. You know what I mean? Those things come out to the light of day because they are significant other or someone in their friends or family decided to rat them out. There's no reason to judge those people, but, Moving on, sorry for being on my soapbox there, Uh, but uh, moving on, uh, basically what we're looking at here, though, is the injury bug and now having to scramble, make new stars. The one thing I will say is that AEW and this whole battle royal and then there's a match in New Japan and then the two winners will meet at Forbidden Door. It's a little predetermined already here, guys. Now, I know what you're going to say. Well, hey, wrestling is all predetermined. No, that's what I mean is if you look back and you look at who's involved in these matches leading to Forbidden Door, you pretty much know what's about to happen. Um, the winner of the Battle Royal on Dynamite faces John Moxley to become the number one contender. And uh, Hiro- Hiroku Goto will be taking on... Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi in New Japan pro wrestling at Dominion. Um, and if you remember back a few months ago when John Moxley was the United States champion for New Japan, he went on a rant that Tanahashi would not fight him. He wanted to allow Tanahashi to challenge for the title. Tanahashi was apparently ducking him in not just, you know, in wrestling and kayfabe, in real life, Tanahashi said that John Moxley was too dangerous to get in the ring with. Uh, Moxley called him out on NWA Power and in AEW on Dynamite. And apparently they've been actually still feuding and having passing bys uh, on NWA Power. Excuse me, New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Style and Power, as it's known. Um, so they've been having these problems for a few months. Could it be that we're not going to get Tanahashi versus Moxley at Forbidden Door for the AEW World Heavyweight title? I I think that's a little foregone. And, yeah, I'm all for long-term booking. But we want to uh, suspend disbelief that this was not the idea when Punk got hurt and that whoever's going to win the Battle Royal and then face Moxley and, you know, the match in Japan, this was totally randomly drawn. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like a big middle finger to the fans slightly. But in any indication, that will be who is crowned as the interim champion. And then when CM Punk comes back, uh, we will see a unification match. Much like we did when Cody Rhodes is going to be out for a couple of weeks with COVID. And Sammy uh, Guevara um, took took the spot, won the uh, interim uh, Dynamite uh, TNT title. And then when Cody came back, they had a giant ladder match. Uh, so I don't mind the interim title thing. Uh, I want you guys to understand that. I've seen a lot of people complaining about it. And in all truth and honesty, an interim champion isn't the worst thing. Um, it allows for the real champion to heal up. Uh, it's done in both boxing and, new, and UFC. And, I don't see any reason why wrestling shouldn't have that as well. So we will have an interim champion at Forbidden Door, and then we will go from there. Um, Moving on to the bigger picture in wrestling. AEW, um, up until Double or Nothing, was touch and go. Uh, I was giving them threes and fours because shows were starting to get a little sloppy there were instances where uh, promos and vignettes were being put on for no reason uh, as just a way to kill time, and it was getting a little uh, redundant and overdone. You know, we don't need to see Britt Baker and Tony Storm have a prolonged promo battle for three weeks just so they could meet in the semifinals of a tournament. If anything, that should have been Ruby Soho in that spot. And not Tony Storm because she lost to Britain in the semifinals, uh, and then when we finally got to Double or Nothing, it was like Britain Ruby. Yeah, they've had feuds before in the past, but they really had no interaction throughout the tournament. You know what I mean? Uh, seeing Jade Cargill uh, every week tell Tony to cut the shit was starting to get a bit annoying. You know, you either save that for Rampage or you you save it for the YouTube shows. You know, it's just not really worth uh, the time of a show that you're not getting great ratings on as it is. If you're only pulling eight nine 900,000 viewers and you're aiming for a million, maybe you shouldn't be doing things like this on your show. Also, in regards to NXT, they were lackluster as well a couple of weeks in a row. Many weeks sometimes. Um, you know, except for the Braun Breaker-Joe Gacy feud, you had a team like Pretty Deadly come in, who unless you watch NXT UK, which I barely do you don't know those guys from adam you certainly don't know their first names like I, I still don't know uh and i you know it's ridiculous but they come in they win the tag titles should have just put on been put on the creed bros anyway and then had them feud pretty deadly you know what i mean uh then teams like the viking raiders came back which was great nice feud with creed bros going on there perfectly fine but nxt was trying to rely on the main roster stars coming in and popping in every now and then there's nobody from the original nxt left with choppa being called up to the main roster and there was just a lot of mismatches going on the nxt women's breakout uh tournament barely had 30 minutes worth of actual in-ring action meanwhile on the flip side of things with aew's women owen hart women's tournament they were giving them about eight nine sometimes 15 minutes so uh, there was a big difference in women's tournaments there in my opinion ladies and gentlemen and it was just a big old mess on nxt but it seems like within your house and with double or nothing both shows have gotten themselves together raw and smackdown have become the same show week in and week out. Miz comes out to do an episode of Miz TV. He gets embarrassed or loses a match. Mustafa Ali loses a match and gets embarrassed. Uh, Austin Theory takes some selfies. By the way, I want to say something here. Austin Theories for me, has X-Pac heat. And if you don't know what X-Pac heat is, ladies and gentlemen, I'll explain it for a quick second. X-Pac heat is when the fans don't like you. That doesn't mean they don't like your character. It doesn't mean they don't like your wrestling ability. That's fine and well to them. It's when they don't like you as a person. You understand? Now, I'm not judging Austin Theory on his personal life outside of wrestling. I don't like Austin Theory because that smile is ridiculous. The selfie uh, gimmick is played out. It was killed with Tyler, uh, Tyler Breeze. And it's just he, you know, I think that Austin Theory and Grayson Waller need to become a tag team together and be called like the social. Uh, uh, I don't know uh, um, what is it called when when you uh, you know the the socialists because they love social media, they love selfies, they love you know getting likes. Uh, uh, influencer, the social influencers. You you know what I mean? Just put those two guys together because they're both annoying as fuck and they just don't get over with me one bit you know and then you look at the main event on raw and the last few weeks it was becky bianca and oscar uh and then you know you mix in uh, a riddle taking on uh, a member of the usos and it was the same in week and uh, take out jimmy add jay take out jay add jimmy over on smackdown thank god we had at least Roman Reigns doing something. And I can't believe I'm actually personally per- praising Roman Reigns. But in truth and honesty, Roman Reigns as a heel, along with Paul Heyman, has been fantastic. Um, the Elias uh, Ezekiel thing with Kevin Owens leaking over into SmackDown has been a mess. It should stay on Raw or be dropped completely because it's getting ridiculous. Uh, I like the tag team of Otis and uh, Chad Gable. They're fantastic together. I think they should be world tag team champions again. I like the Usos, but I don't think they should be tag team champions right now anymore. I know the idea is to have the bloodline keep all the belts, but when you're not using them, maybe they shouldn't be on them then. Um, There's just so much going on. But it's always the same thing over and over again. Street Power backstage on one of the shows. Boasting the show. Uh, they want the smoke. You know what I mean? It's been the same repetitive garbage over and over again. I recently spoke to a friend of mine. Shout out to David Gold of The Asylum. And I told him I have not watched a complete episode of Raw or SmackDown since WrestleMania. Well, that still remains. I either watch the highlights on YouTube... Or I read the results a couple of days later. Because Raw, when I try to watch it, I get 20 minutes in. And then I'm like, okay, we watched this last week. I'm done. You know. SmackDown, I barely get an hour in. And I'm like, I'm done. I can't. The main roster shows for the WWE have been garbage. Okay. Now, I don't watch Impact Wrestling that much. But when I do finally get a chance to watch it, they have been killing it with the Honor No More. Uh, uh, faction. The Bullet Club is doing a fantastic job there. Uh, they have a new member on the Bullet Club, which is Ace Austin, who I think is a tr- tremendous X Division star. And it, it's been great. When I do get a chance to watch Impact Wrestling, it has been fantastic to watch. On the NWA side of things, just like with Impact Wrestling, I watch it when I can, and I usually bulk watch it. And I can say, that I don't. Although I don't like Matt Cordona, uh, it's because he's been rude to me on two separate occasions. <laughs> um, although I don't like Matt Cordona, he has been a great heel. NWA World Heavyweight Champion. I don't like the belt gimmick, or belt uh, collector gimmick. Uh, I think that that's played out. I think that when Austin Aries did it, it was fine. I think that when Kenny Omega did it, it was okay. Uh, but I think now Cordona going to every independent company and winning a title is a little ridiculous. It's almost like uh, indie promoters are trying to prove Vince McMahon wrong. But, I mean, it's ultimately their choice. You chose to put the belt on Cordona. He didn't really win it because of like he'd been, he's been he been putting in a crazy amount of work. He has been, but like you didn't have to put the title on him. You know what I mean? It was your choice, and I feel they're just doing it to be like, see, Vince, he should have been a champion. In any indication, though, fine, he's been a great NWA champion. But I just think that it's now time to give the belt to somebody else because if you're going to have these long title reigns, then the title needs to be defended at least once a month. And I think Cordona hasn't defended the title in about six weeks, and he's only been injured for two of those weeks. So it's been over a month. You know, either put the title on someone else or make sure that he's definitely putting in the work. You know, if he's always ready, as his tagline is, and that's what you named the next pay-per-view, by all means, go ahead and do so then. Make him always ready. But what I can say, and I mean this, is that wrestling as a whole has a lot going on. Storylines of Stephanie McMahon leaving the WWE, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Triple H returning, but with different... Uh, job title in front of him, Nick Khan uh, failing by booking uh, the uh, all uh, the all giant oh the the Raiders Stadium in Las Vegas and then having to move it uh, to a smaller arena because they couldn't sell out. Uh, you know what I mean? It really makes you question who's in charge in the WWE, who's calling the shots, and who's actually getting the job done uh, when everybody seems to be failing. Um, on the AEW side of things. Tony Khan is a nut job. Uh, his actions on Twitter, as I spoke about recently on one of the shows, and his uh, actions during the press conference for um, AEW Double or nothing were ridiculous. He does truly act like a fan who was given way too much power too quickly. Um, so I will say that In both companies, management is not exactly doing their best jobs. (laughs) But on the side of uh, NXT 2.0, whoever is booking that, they've been booking it much better recently. On the side of Weekly Dynamites and uh, Rampage, they do seem to be changing things slightly and things are getting booked a little better. And they're slowing down on the unnecessary promo vignettes that go on. I get it. Everybody needs a chance to be on TV, but to put somebody on TV just for the sake of them being on TV because you want their face to show, well, then Brian Cage deserves to be on television. Thunder Rosa says your champ, women's champion needs to be on television more, and so do a list of other people uh, like Eddie Kingston and definitely the next man who I'm about to talk about, MJF. The pipe bomb that he cut last week, was fantastic. What he said rang through both to the fans and the wrestlers in the back. If anybody is mad at him, well, then you ain't doing your job correctly. If anybody thinks that he went off the the cuff a bit and went a little too crazy, well, then you don't know what wrestling and cutting a true promo is. And if you were hurt by what he said, then maybe you need to do a better job. MJF set the standard in AEW when it comes to a promo. Call it a pipe bomb, call it a shoot, call it a work, call it whatever you want. That young man busted his ass on that microphone. He also took a beating at AEW Double or Nothing by Wardlow and let Wardlow win cleanly. He has been one of the most entertaining, if not the most entertaining, week in and week out. Every week on AEW. In my opinion. MJF should have been the person. That got to be interim champion. And let him held the title. Until CM Punk got back. You go with Punk versus MJF. For the title. MJF wins it. And whether you want him to be a face or a heel. It works out perfectly. Because the fans would have been behind him. But instead. We're seeing things like. Well AEW removed him from their roster page. They want all of him is uh, uh images to be removed from openings and things like that and if that is a work and they're doing it that's fine and well WWD WWE did the same thing with Sasha banks and Naomi the only difference is Sasha banks and Naomi act like spoiled brats behind the scenes and didn't like where way they were being booked Mjf is doing it in front of the fans on the mic and actually doing a fantastic job of doing so so with that being said the state of wrestling does seem like it is due for a change i hope that change is coming but until then we will continue to watch and see how things go down from here on out the show if you smell what the arch is cooking will remain an nxt and aew review show until one of them prove to me that they are not going to put in 100% every week, which they are doing exactly that. And when a WWE pay-per-view, like a, a Royal Rumble or a WrestleMania, SummerSlam, or even Survivor Series roll around, and they have a good card and I enjoy watching them, I will so most definitely review them. But for now, I want to thank you guys for joining me. I want to thank you for your continued support here on this show and every show on the We Can't Wrestle uh, podcast and WrestleNet Radio Network. Make sure that you check out Mark Brew's new show, Mark's Indie Spotlight. Make sure that you check out the We Can't Wrestle podcast, the Reliving the Extreme podcast with Nate, Aaron, and uh, Chad Austin. And continue to be here to lend your hand. In building all of our shows. Thank you for joining me here tonight. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I will see you next time on If You Smell What the Arch Is Cooking.